Everybody's after him, but nobody's catching him. The Dirt Bike Kid. Catch that kid! Arrest that punk! Nail this kid! How does he do that? Woo! Oh, that bike is special. Special? Well, provided it has the right rider. What's going on? Stop! Just get it by. Five, a 73, 18, 14, 11. I'm in the front of 911, 73. See if I can't do a 6149 grade here. Over. Oh! The dirt bike kid to the rescue. What's going on, Mike? Thanks for closing. Keep him away from the construction site. What have you been up to? Oh, I was just busy. Uh... And when the going gets tough, the top go flying. Because wow. everybody's after the dirt bike kid. Want that bike found now? By hook, or by crook, or by lemon meringue. I do respect your elders. All fun breaks loose when he turns the town upside down. That sucks! But when banker faces Bill... Never! Heads or tails, you'll flip. For Peter Billingsley as the dirt bike kid. You are something special. He's flying your way, the Dirt Bike Kid. Catch him if you can. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damie Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themaindamie. We are also now a proud member of Geek Fives Nation, and you can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchi, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, how's it going? Hello. No real bit today. Just want to thank you guys for allowing me to sit out a couple shows as there were some things in my family going on, a death in it. So thank you guys for, you know, allowing me to have that time. And I just want to say, I appreciate you for that. Didn't really have a bit. Just wanted to say that. Well, yeah. we're glad to have you back. We held down the fort as best we could without you. We're glad to have you back. No. So hopefully next week we'll have a bit. How about that? Yes. Yes. Give, yeah. I'll be able to think of one. I okay. want, I want two bits, Mark. All right. Okay. You owe us bits. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So, we're just going to go right into it. Guys, what'd you watch this week? Anything. Mark, I'm assuming, did you watch anything? I know you've been busy. No, not much at all. I threw another podcast we do on here. I'm strongly trying to figure out if I have any time to watch The Umbrella Academy. Since apparently I have no <laughs> have idea what that now. show is about. <laughs> so... <laughs> you gotta save face. Um, yeah, it seems like from everything people tell me, I will like it. But I saw one clip of people fighting in, like, school uniforms, which must have been a flashback or something. And I just assumed that's what it was. And apparently it is not. <laughs> so, yeah. Plus, it's got Ellen Page in it, so I would have probably checked it out anyway at some point. Yeah, that's about it. You know, I've been keeping my mind busy by just having YouTube D&D stuff in the background. Try and stay sharp on that. And then this week, I know it's not a video game podcast, but 
just having in the background they're doing speed runs this week so that's basically everything that's been on my television okay what about you dan well i just moved into a new house so it's been kind of tough to watch some stuff but I watched half of Host, which you had talked about, Ant. Yes. And I fell asleep, or I had I had to go to sleep. I liked what I saw so far of it. I might finish it up tonight after the podcast. So I got halfway through that. But I did watch a very weird movie, and I kind of considered making it my next pick. But I don't think it's our type of weird. I watched Come to Daddy, okay. and it sounds creepy, but it's not yes. what you think. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, it's an Elijah Wood movie where not helping. No, <laughs> it's so weird. Like Elijah Wood had obviously he had the Lord of the Rings trilogy and that was massive, but he hasn't done anything since then. It was kind of like that was his magnum opus, and then it's all been downhill for him essentially. Really, what this movie was, it's Elijah Wood is a man child. He's a pampered man child with a weird haircut. He kind of looks like Ezra Miller in it. I was and, gonna make a joke that so he plays Elijah Wood. I don't know. I don't know anything about <laughs> no. Elijah Wood personally, so I can't. I can't say if that's how he is. No, uh, I don't know either. He gets a a letter from his estranged father to come meet him in a, a remote cabin in like Oregon, and it's a beautiful cabin. He goes to meet him, and all this weird stuff starts happening. The the father treats him like shit, and it's it takes a weird turn. And usually, I like movies that'll you know go for broke, but this one made no sense with its twist i don't want to spoil it for anyone if you plan on seeing it but people are not who they say that they are kind of thing mm -hmm. and it's just not done well gotcha so, yeah it's a weird movie but that's mm -hmm. what i would i feel like elijah wood he just made fuck you money with lord of the, lord rings, of the rings and now he's just like well I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna take weird like scripts that interest me i'm gonna take those scripts he did like the Maniac remake where I think it's all in first person perspective. I think really? Yeah. I think that's a, that's the movie that, that he did. I'm pretty sure that it he did one familiar. like that. Yeah. I know. I remember him doing a slasher movie. Yeah. He seems to do a lot of horror. Yeah. Like these low budget indies. But yeah, it's probably just because he's like, whatever comes across my desk, if I like it, I could do it because I don't have to worry about money no more. And that's good. And that's one a good thing. thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wonder, yeah, I wonder if it's really, at this point, he doesn't care anymore. Being a part of that trilogy kind of gives you carte blanche at this point. I'm trying to think if, if anyone else has really done anything super successful. I know Viggo Mortensen was in the Green Book, which won an Academy Award. He's doing the Oscar stuff. Like, I think right. he started with Eastern Promises Bat and History of Violence, those two Cronenberg movies, and then did Captain Fantastic, which is a great movie if you guys never saw it. That movie just movie. reminds me of uh, Mr. Magorium's Magic Emporium too much, just in title. So it scares me. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not anything like that. Okay. Um, Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom had the... his day. Yeah, he, he, he went pirates. to the Pirates movies, and he had Kingdom of Heaven. Yeah, weird movie. I feel like he knocked up someone hot. Katy Perry. Katy Perry, right? Yeah. Yeah, so good so for he, him. Yeah, he's, I mean, she makes bank, obviously, so he doesn't really need to do anything anymore. He made fuck her money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that, you know, good for those guys. Why not? Yeah. I think Reese Davies, I think he kind of came out with some, like, really conservative type of stuff. Or rhetoric, so I don't think people really talk about him anymore. <laughs> uh, Ian McClellan, Sir Ian McClellan, you know, he's a treasure. Cats. cats, that's right, yeah. That's uh, the podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, they called this a movie's very own Cats. I mean, I feel like 
Sean, you know, Sean Bean went on to Game of Thrones and dying at elsewhere. <laughs> so I think most people made out pretty well from there. Yeah, Elijah Wood just kind of decided, I'm going to do whatever. You're right. I think you're right, Ant. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. him yeah. him and Daniel Radcliffe are kind of God in that. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a joke set up. <laughs> <'Cause> like, <yeah. laughs> I was going to say in England, they call Elijah Wood Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> but <laughs> I love it, though. I mean, I feel like Daniel Radcliffe has done done better movies than Elijah Wood has sure. in terms of craziness. Yeah. I, I remember I gave a mini review on the podcast about Guns Akimbo, yep. which is the good kind of crazy. And I would recommend anyone to go see that movie because it's wild. But yeah, Elijah Wood just kind of does weird indie horror movies, mm-hmm. yeah. which I would not recommend watching. It's not like... <laughs> That's good to know, because I've seen that pop up. I think it's on Shudder? It's on Shudder, and it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. Yeah, that's where I've seen it. And yeah. Daniel Radcliffe also wrote A Dead Guy Like a Jet Ski. Oh, yes, well, that movie was so or good, was though. was he written as a jet ski? Which, one, which way was uh, it? He, was, he was the jet ski. He was, was the, the jet ski, yeah. I'm sorry, man. One of, the, one of the top movies of the past 10 years. Yeah. So yeah, good. It was really good. That's why I'm really excited for Paul Dano in The Batman. Because if, yep. if you see the movies that he's a part of, right? I mean, There Will Be Blood, he's really good in it. Swiss Army Man, he was good in it. I mean, he's been in so many good movies, and he's so under underrated. Sure, yeah. Because right? And I know you talk about, like, certain things are just rated perfectly, mm-hmm. right? like movies or actors, whatever. But I, I would say a lot of people kind of sleep on Paul Dano. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Plus, that's just an A-plus last name, Dano. Dano, it's like so you, good. but it's... Like Hawaii Five O mixed with Dan Aquino. Exactly. Yeah. Two <laughs> two great things in American history. <laughs> so for me, this week was kind of quiet. I watched Work It, the Netflix dance movie, because okay. my wife watched it. it. It's it stars one of the girls from Girl Meets World. I don't know. It's not my it's it's not my demographic, but it was a movie I watched. They form a team of ragtag group of dancers so there's that you know who doesn't love a good ragtag team of something i watched that and then i watched host which was good it was nice 65 minutes ish i guess the first pandemic movie yeah that's the first covid movie i think yeah they really oh. jumped on it yeah and a pretty simple story and then i watched which i finished in like a day i watched the series on netflix that they just came out with called high score which goes through the kind of the history of video games which was very interesting it seems like they they set themselves up for a season two uh it was really well done and we'll probably talk about that on another podcast sometime in the near future i watched a lot of tv so i watched the first episode of umbrella academy for the second time and it's not for me really it's it's fine I don't love it, but it was a show that I watched an episode of. Okay. <laughs> For a second, Ant, I thought you were going to say you watched the movie Cuties. Have you heard about this? Oh, I just I just read yeah. something that they... Did they pull the movie? Yeah, they, I think Netflix pulled it down. Last I heard, they just changed the poster and the description or something. Oh, really? No. But they may have pulled the whole thing at this point. Yeah. yeah. That poster was terrible. Not good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very they, not and good. Then someone pulled up the cans poster and put it next to the Netflix poster. <laughs> and it like looks like two completely different movies. <laughs> nah, <laughs> wild. I did not watch that movie, but I watched the first episode of Lovecraft Country, which which started last week on HBO, which was interesting. Kind of crazy, you know, HP Lovecraft stuff. Yep. And then I watched the first uh, for the first time I started Watchmen. 
the HBO series Watchmen, which is really good. I'm like five episodes into it. Oh, it's so wild that that yeah. show, but yeah. it's good. I like how they really expand upon what Alan Moore wrote. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's almost like it's set in a different, almost different timeline. But it's, it's still 30 years. Hears... Yeah, it's 30 years yeah. after the events of the comic book or the yeah, yeah the comic book because it's the comic book ending. Yeah, it's yeah they do drop the uh, the giant squid on uh, Times Square. It seems like it's its own reality outside of that almost i don't know why i like how different it is it has a different feel from the comic book yeah it's so like race is such at the forefront of it which is so interesting because of everything that's happened in this past five months it's become became so timely and you know after the fact a whole group of people learned about a tulsa black wall street because of it which which was interesting which it plays such a heavy part of it but yeah it's a really well done show I'm surprised at how good it is. Is it done? They just said like one season and that's it? I believe the writers said that they only wanted to do the one series. Gotcha. Because it, they felt it would cheapen it if they came back for another one. I admire that. The willingness to just say I'm done. That's yeah. It. It, 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 especially and, and, with this show. Especially yeah. with this And show. the other thing I heard is Regina King would only come back if all the writers or yeah. the director comes back. So they can't even like cheat a second season right right you know yeah because the well you'll get there but the she's essential if you wanted to do yeah. another one. i agree you don't see that very often that kind of restraint mm-hmm. from writers or uh from anyone really when they have a hit show or hit movie you know everyone's always working to get that sequel in yeah and this i i admire that restraint that they're showing yeah. Yeah, it's. I, I think that's a good watch. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with the end of it. Cool. But this week, uh, as we welcome him back, it's also his week to pick yeah. a movie. So, Mark, do you want to introduce the movie you picked this week? Yeah, so I picked The Dirt Bike Kid, 1985, I believe, mm-hmm. starring Peter Billingsley, who is the kid from Christmas Story, yep. which I didn't know before I picked the movie. Backstory on why I picked this one. When I picked Over the Top, this movie was like close second. I looked at it and I was like, this looks interesting. But then Over the Top popped up on the next page and I was like, nope, we're doing that. So with the choice to come back, I was like, you know what? I want to check that out. It looks like the tagline with him using a magical dirt bike to save a hot dog stand <laughs> just seemed like some kind of crazy 80s fever dream coke infested movie. Wasn't that bad. It wasn't as wild as I thought it would get. Like, the bike didn't talk or anything. Spoilers. It felt like the perfect movie. I wasn't taking too much of a risk that it could be something completely boring because I had some good actors, a good character actor being the main villain. I just thought, hell, we haven't done a dumb children-focused 80s movie in a while. So, and those tend to be insane. So, (laughs) Yeah. Has either of you guys seen this before that? No, I, I have not. I feel like I should have. Right. But did not. So, The Dirk Bike Kid from 1985, directed by Hoyt C. Kasten, is only ever directed, besides this, episodes of a TV show called Not Necessarily the News, which was a kind of a parody of a news show, which they would kind of mystery science theater over news clips or something like that. A few of our actors are also from that, so he kind of tapped the shoulders of some of the people that he worked with in order to make this movie. It was written by David Brandis, who didn't do much else, and Louis Collick. 
who has written Bulletproof, the awful Adam Sandler, Damon Wayans movie. Oh, yeah. Ghosts of Mississippi, October Sky, Domestic Disturbance, Beyond the Sea, Ladder 49, and Charlie St. Cloud. So yeah. pretty nah. long, long filmography. Yeah. It's really great. October Sky is probably the best out of those. Yeah. Is that with Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah. Okay. And maybe Ghosts of Mississippi. It stars Peter Billingsley from, as Mark mentioned, A Christmas Story, Stuart Penkin, and Bloom, Patrick Collins, Sage Parker, Chad Sheets, Gavin Allen, Danny Breen, and Weasel Forshaw. Has an IMDb score of 5.6 and a Rotten Tomato score of 59%. Audience score only. Budget $800,000 estimated, and it was a direct-to-video. So... What do you guys think of Dirt Bike Kid? Real quick, that list of actors is a little easier than King Kong vs. Godzilla, right? A little bit, a little, <laughs> little bit. <laughs> I'll tell you what, guys. I didn't mind this movie up until like five minutes ago when I clicked on awards that it won. Peter Billingsley won an award for this fucking movie. What was the award? A Young Artist Award. Exceptional performance by a young actor starring in a feature film, comedy, or drama. Can I just say... Peter Billingsley sucked ass in this movie. Yeah. He is like the weakest link. For yes. how good he is in A Christmas Story, he is not good in this movie. Right. I To me, I feel like the bike acted circles around him in this. <laughs> oh, man. Now I'm kind of angry at this movie. This movie, while fun to watch and funny, does not deserve to have won an award for anything. <laughs> When I saw that you picked this, Mark, I thought this was going to be a little too close to Gleaming the Cube, but just dirt bike centric. But it's way different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not yeah, there's no uh, weapon arms deal with the Viet Cong in this movie. Or <laughs> Surprisingly, <I'm, laughs> this movie should have had something like that. Yeah. You know, gold bars it? under the hot dog stand. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Mr. Hodgkins was after it. Yeah. When I looked up the synopsis of how... A kid was going up against like your typical 80s villain who's a greedy banker or whatever. He's like a rich person. I was like, man, I've been dying to see a movie like this where we always joke about the guy taking over the ski mountain, right? The ski yep. lodge. <laughs> That's this movie, but with a hot dog stand. Yeah. And I was all for it. And then they introduced the fucking bike. And I was, I wiped my hands. I was like, I, I'm done with this movie. I'm done. I thought it was going to be the kid racing to save the hot dog stand, not otherworldly shit. It, it made no sense. That's I'll, I'll leave it at that. Now, yeah. question for you. Okay. If the bike wound up being possessed by his dead dad, would it have been a better movie? <laughs> no, that wouldn't have changed anything. That would have just explained why the bike is how it is. But less creepy than the old man who shows up out of thin air and oh, says, yeah. oh, he's a special rider. <laughs> Yeah, and talks to young boys. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Going into it outside of reading the uh, description and all that, and just my impression is that it's one of those movies where I literally hated the main character immediately. That whole first opening scene, besides the fact that I think we all know this, but especially something that has worked with electric before, when she cuts the tv cord with metal scissors <laughs> i didn't even think of that i was like she'd go flying across the room <laughs> but just the sheer fact that he like doesn't listen to a word she says in that thing and it's just so poorly acted by peter billingsley yeah at that point i was out on him immediately 
it was just the banker, the assistant, and the hot dog stand guy. I was like, all right, I would like to see that movie too, where they're fighting to save the hot dog stand. This movie was didn't go as far as I thought it would go, and I figured that out pretty early on. But it does have every single thing an 80s movie has um, in terms of when they're trying to make it a kid. It's some weird thing that seemed to only be popular in the 80s, dirt bikes. There's always some kind of weird sport or weird fad that kids are really into um, that they make a big deal about. There's Little League, yep. and then there's Food Fights, <laughs> which seems to be... This movie felt like a guy had seen a bunch of movies like that and then wrote his own script and somehow got it produced. Yeah. You know, like his take on those type of kids movies and probably the reason it went direct to video. But mm -hmm. it's not a movie I would watch, you know, again or anything like that. But I didn't hate my time with it. OK. Yeah. I think you guys are 100 percent wrong. I love this movie. You know what <laughs> won me over when they arrest the bike? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> They, the cops come, they put handcuffs on the bike, and they bring him in down to the station. They put him in the paddy wagon. And he, <laughs> they, have to, they set bail at $100. That won me over. Yeah, absolutely. It's just so stupid, but I can't believe they went there. You see them wheel the motorbike into the cell, and it turns around with puppy dog, sad puppy dog eyes in its own cell. Yeah, no, it's perfect. I loved it. It was everything I wanted it to be. Every, yeah. Everything the about the cops only one part annoyed me but maybe it was just that one cop that would just yell random oh, numbers and letters i was, as he was just going to say that how could you love this movie with this guy constantly just yelling random numbers Ant? yeah like everything else the cops do is really good in terms of you're trying to do keystone cop type of deal with them you know arresting a bike and putting them making him bail handcuffing the bike at one point all that stuff's great. It was just they went too far trying to make that one cop too much of a buffoon when they didn't really need to. Just his actions spoke a lot louder than him whenever they gave him lines. But yeah, I agree with him in one sense that, that that is probably one of the more pivotal scenes. But I thought there was going to be more weirdness with the bike. It's probably where I come off of where some kind of backstory with the bike mm. is what I was thinking going in. But they didn't, didn't do it. Maybe that was just my expectations. This so, is a perfect movie. So what, real quick, you weren't happy with how weird the bike was? <laughs> Me? Yeah, is that what you just said? Yeah, I wanted it to be like what? some reason why the bike was... Oh, okay. Like, not just, oh, it's just a bike that sort of has a mind of its own. Like, is it like some kind of somebody that Hodgkin's... Double-crossed. Double-crossed, or... <laughs> Jacob you know, Marley. <laughs> you know, was it's it the his kid's old partner. dad? I wanted it to be a reason. You wanted this movie to be two hours with a backstory. <laughs> no, I just needed like a line. Just give me a line. Like, oh, this is old Jameson from down in the river. <laughs> that sounds creepy. Hoskins <laughs> took, took his land and he's come back to. You know what it was, honestly? Yeah. It was all the children that that old man killed. <laughs> the spirit of them is in the bike. Yeah, that's why they constantly try to get away from the old man. Yeah. Like, oh, it takes a special rider. And then he just murders the kid, performs yeah. a, that ritual. Like, this wasn't one of those movies where I need it longer and grittier or anything like that. Like, I would <laughs> have settled for a line. Just one line of dialogue from the old man going, even saying something as creepy as that. It's like, it's the hopes and dreams of all the kids that have written it. <laughs> the old man was creepy just... enough as it was. <laughs> right. Showed I, up out of nowhere. I don't even know if he had a name. It's, I don't think it was, he was billed as anything, to be honest. I don't, he probably wasn't even cast. Right. He, he showed, showed up. up. 
Excuse me, uh, sir. Yeah, this, Could you please get off set? <laughs> no, this movie is far from perfect, and shame on you for even thinking that it's a good movie. It's great. Uh, what I love, too, and this is just a personal thing, while I was watching it, writing my notes out this afternoon, because this movie rips off, it is unapologetically E.T. at times, to the <laughs> point where... It rips off the score so much that I was watching it in the in the room and my wife was in the kitchen and she was listening to it as she was working. And it got to a point where the kid, all of a sudden, after an hour of the motorbike not flying, not having the ability to fly, then flies. <laughs> and the closest thing to the E.T. score that you could ever get without getting sued starts to play. And she's like... And she says to me, "Is like, what are you watching? Because it sounds really familiar. And that was at that moment I was writing in my notes. And they rip off the E.T. score right there. Like, oh, no, you've never heard this before, but it sounds a lot like E.T. What was it? It's as close you can get to that. Man, there's no reason for the bike to fly, right? It really doesn't add anything. It doesn't add anything to the story. It doesn't accomplish anything at all. No, it's just like he It does get him away from the cops. That's it. Oh, that's what I was going to say. We seem to have been on a run where grown people just abuse the shit out of little kids. Yes. Right? Right? We we have Motorama where bikers harass a child. We have Gleaming the Cube where... What what was it? It was Koreans? Oh, Vietnamese. Vietnamese people abduct and uh, are after a a teenager. We have this movie where another group of bikers is out to kill a child. He wants to jump up and down on his face. Yeah, unapologetically. Just (laughs) wants to kill the kid. And the the banker, Mr. Hodgkins, is okay with it. Yep. He, at one point in the movie, he essentially allows these bikers he gives them permission to go murder a child yep yeah what is going on with the movies that we pick i mean it was the 80s man that's what happened in the the 80s and i feel like i'm missing a movie yeah does anything happen in over the top i know uh the the son gets kidnapped and over the top yeah yeah another 80s movie just lure just picked up by two strange men (laughs) if you're a kid in the 80s you were just in constant danger. Yep. People were smoking around you. Probably having, hey, take a sip of my beer. <laughs> Do you think that happens anymore in real life? I'm sure, but it's much more depressing. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's not just like a family barbecue, right? Yeah. Or like, ah, oh, here you go. No, it's just like it's a random Tuesday night. Yeah. Come o'clock. over here. <laughs> be a man. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be more like Bender's backstory in Breakfast Club. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I mean, it's such a dark turn for such a bright movie where, you know, it's it's definitely very happy-go-lucky, but yeah, then you have like a group of bikers just run up on this kid out of nowhere really. Yeah. <laughs> I had so much fun with this movie. I got to be honest with you. Well, I, there was two things I noticed about this movie and I could never get over it and it really ruined it for me. One was the cop who kept saying random numbers. And two was Peter Billingsley constantly having to take his glasses on and off to put the helmet on. Every (laughs) single time he has to take his glasses off to put the helmet on or off. My my favorite moment of that is when they're outside the bank or whatever, maybe the hot dog stand when he goes against his promise and the the assistant is there 
and him and the hot dog guy are with the assistant and he goes to get on the bike and he hands her his glasses right. and then puts the helmet <laughs> right. and it's just it's like at the most inopportune time because yeah. scenes are supposed to have in, an impact are just totally wasted when he has to take his glasses off and put his helmet <laughs> on it's such a waste it's a waste of like a second but it annoyed me to no end i yeah. couldn't i couldn't not focus on it every time it happened i think at one point i i told him he's fucking doing it again <laughs> i i feel like listening to this conversation it's like a lot how a lot of these movies end up where ant is either on one end of the spectrum good or bad and dan's on the other end and i'm just sort of in the middle going oh i can see both points i <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> devil's advocate yeah sort of like yeah I, 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 there's a lot of things i love but i wasn't as in love with it as ant and for the people at home, we don't plan that. No. We, nope. Like, we don't text each other how we I, feel about the movie. Yes, I hate conflict. That's you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you want to add 15 minutes to it. Because, like, all right, well, Dan hated it. So maybe if we added 15 minutes. I can he, get his, what he hates. Right. <laughs> right. And then I'll make Ant hate it by adding 15 minutes to it. <laughs> Bring everybody to the middle. Right. Yeah. You, you have always been a peacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get deeper into it when we go through the plot, but I think one of my favorite aspects of this, and it's real small, is when the woman is withdrawing the money from the bank mm-hmm. and they're putting it in that like looks like old timey money bag. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the dollar signs. <laughs> a shopping cart, I think. Yeah. <laughs> As she's pulling away, like we don't have enough budget in this to afford fake bills, so it's just like bricks in a bag or something or whatever they meant. It's probably to like give paper, just like like yeah. shreds of paper or whatever. Yeah, and also the the tech in this is amazing. Like just real quick, like what really stopped this movie from being the just the, the run of the mill? Like all right, well you you had the bully. Right, I for, I forget the bully's name. Max. 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 So what's to stop that kid from being Mr. Hodgkin's son and Peter, and he's basically buying the hot dog stand, right? So what's stopping this from Peter Billingsley racing against Max to save the hot dog stand? You could even keep the magic bike, but why do we need to have it be something completely different than that? Oh, you mean? Uh, real, oh, you <laughs> mean like real estate fraud? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's it's just weird. Right, it, it, this movie shouldn't exist like this. Because <laughs> they needed a hacking scene, man. A hacking yeah. scene? Why? No. Again, the, like, the, the whole movie is set up where you have dirt bike racing going on at the very beginning. So why steer away from that? The going to the hacking scene. The thing I love about his best friend is that when he gets to his account. <laughs> he, he gives, gives himself, himself 50 eleven cents. cents. <laughs> he <gives> himself, <laughs> but when he adds, goes to the old lady's account, he gives her a million dollars. Yeah, he adds eleven <laughs> cents to his account. Thirty nine <laughs> cents. I was pretty sure I had fifty. <laughs> they should. He should have made it sixty nine. <laughs> that feels more like Bo. Exactly right. Yeah. That kid's all about tits. <laughs> yeah. If that if that if that movie came out today, the the kid would give himself sixty nine cents. Right. You know, I don't think that was much of the parlance back then to be the inside joke as it is today. You're probably right. Yeah. But yeah, that's your it made me laugh. That's your fact that he's figured out that he could hack in and do change the money (laughs) and he doesn't give himself an exorbitant amount of money. 
He's but, chaotic good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh man. I I like just just the way they how naive they were about how computer hacking could work. You know, back oh, that's then. That's in every hacking mo- scene. In you know, movie, right? Compared to what can happen nowadays with it. Yeah. You know, you just have to kind of guess the password. Word, yeah. <laughs> right, and you have access to everything. Yeah, it's under one password, the whole thing. What could the password be? Greedy. Right. What does it wind up being? It's the Scrooge. Um, Scrooge. It's the dog, right? Oh, I didn't even catch the name of the dog. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's the dog. But I I will say the one thing that this movie has going for it is Mr. Hodgkins, Stuart Pankin. He's real He's, good. He is a good over-the-top 80s villain. I think the only way it could have been better if it was it was played by what's it Christopher McDonald. <laughs> I think he would have been perfect for this movie. Sure. But it's it just it's not his type of movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought he was really good. You know, he he has the the fake suave swagger to his character where he he speaks French, but yeah. he's just like a total sleaze ball. Yeah. Know? And he's also got a couple of moments that would not even get close to being filmed nowadays. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, when he... The woman breaks out the window and he goes, I should install bars. Right. (laughs) He does sick a dog on her, too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he traps her in the room. I feel like Christopher McDonald might be too handsome for that role. (laughs) Right, yeah. I think that's the (laughs) point, right? Like, this movie wasn't really made for that kind of character. Yeah, but he would have. He he's definitely one of the best villains in film. Yeah, it's also like ten years before Happy Gilmore, so I don't even know how old he would have been. Oh, that's true. I, he was probably forty at the time of Happy yeah. Gilmore. I want to say. Young. He yeah. would have been like thirty at the time of this. Uh, that's what I would say. You guys want to get into the plot? Yeah, let's do it. Sure. All right, Dan, what do you got? So, all right, as I've been doing it for the past however many episodes, I just want to give a shout out to our friend Tia from. Geek Vibes Nation and her podcast Top 10 with Tia. It's a podcast where Tia and her friends discuss top 10 lists. So top 10 movies that Christopher McDonald could have been in. Top 10 movies where a dirt bike is in. Uh, <laughs> you name it, they're, they're doing it. So I, I hope she listens to this podcast. She's a good friend of it. Tia, I want you to do a top 10 Christopher McDonald's list. That's Oh, God. Sorry, Tia. What? Christopher McDonald's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so go to Geek Vibes Nation. Check her out. She's also on Twitter, TC underscore Stark. So, I mean, you could go to Geek Vibes Nation. She's on there along with a bunch of other great podcasts. But uh, go check out Tia. She's a good friend, and she deserves your attention. Okay, great. And we are going to be right back. But before we come back, we are going to take a few minutes to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast. We will be right back. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParlayHour.com where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points are a companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, 
It all hey, sorts hey, of... Uh, Earl, why don't you tell him about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more... Or you could tell him about the time I kicked your ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. And welcome back, and now it's the time to get into the plot for The Dirt Bike Kid. We open up on a sky shot as we hear audio from some sort of sci-fi kid show, which then transitions to a commercial for a motocross competition. But then we pan to a house with a for sale sign and then move on inside. We see Ralphie from A Christmas Story sits glued to the TV with his motocross magazines eating chips and chocolate. The phone rings and Ralphie is unfazed. So his already exasperated mom has to answer the phone even though she asked him to answer it for her. And the phone calls about a job interview. Meanwhile, the bacon she was cooking starts to burn and the smoke alarm goes off. Yeah, the sheer fact that she tells him, hey, check out the bacon. You know, make sure nothing happens to it. And then that happens was, as I said earlier, the instant, the moment where I'm just like, ah, how is this kid so much of a jerk? Yeah. Well, he's he's got no father figure, so that's the reason, probably. Yeah. <laughs> he should have been in Cobra Kai, is all I'm saying. Yeah. So the mom cuts the cord on the TV, which seems like a bad decision for someone out of work. As Mark mentioned, it's also plugged in, so not a great <laughs> idea. And she gets off the phone, despite the smoke alarm going off. And she gets the interview, so she has to go there in 20 minutes. So she gives Ralphie $50 and a grocery list while she gets ready for the interview. His real name is Jack in this movie, but I'm calling him Ralphie for now. Yeah, uh, their last $50. Their last 50 bucks. She doesn't even have a bank account, I guess. So he rides off on his bike and heads to the motocross competition instead. He meets up with his creepy pervert friend, Bo, <laughs> who's just scoping out girls' tits instead of the sweet motocross action. They see their friend, I guess, Max, who's participating in the competition, and he's just beating the shit out of his bike. Ralphie, whose name is Jack in this movie, says he wishes he had a bike like Max's, and then some creepy old man pops out of nowhere saying that that bike is special, but needs a special rider, and then he'll have to buy it back from Max. And Max, on the motocross circuit, struggles with the bike. At first, he gets stuck at the starting line, and then the bike goes off on its own, and it looks like he's going to win until the bike stops short and tosses Max into a big old mud puddle. He, after he loses, Max storms off with his bike, pissed off. Jack offers him $50 that his mom gave him for the groceries. And Max says, no, this is a sweet bike. It's my best bike ever. So then Bo offers him the $50 and Jack's BMX bike if they he throws in like the helmet. And Max agrees. So despite the being the last $50, now he's got a motorbike or a dirt bike. Then Bo talks about all the babes they're going to get with it. <laughs> What's so your mind on Bo? Yeah. Bo just wants to fuck. He's horny. He's horny on Maine, as they say on Twitter. I had uh, never heard that before. Is that a real thing? You don't go horny on the Maine. So you, you, have... I, you, you have to explain this stuff to me one day, like off the podcast, because you, <laughs> you knew what like cap and no cap meant, and now this, I, I am not that I, I guess I'm not supposed to know this, but man, I feel go, so far behind. You never go horny on the Maine. That's the truth. So okay. You have a secondary account for it. So Stranger Damien's account is for to go horny on. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I can't, if I did that, I would just ruin all of the progress that I've made. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
So they go back to Jack's house, and his mom freaks out, rightfully so, about him using the grocery money and his bike to buy a shitty motorcycle. Bo hightails it out of there, even though he's part of the reason <laughs> he's in this mess. And she sends Jack to his room. Real quick, I just realized something. The main character's name is Jack. Yep. He took his mother's money, who was supposed to get food, and sold it for a magic item. Yep. So we're essentially watching Jack in the magic beanstalk. Uh, 100%. Right? Okay, yep. good. I just connected the dots. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Dan had an epiphany on stream. I, I did, did. <laughs> yes. According to the trivia, the director mentions that on the director's commentary from the 2014 DVD release. But yeah, it's essentially God. Jack and the Beanstalk. This movie got uh, extras. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> no direct-to-video movie should ever get DVD extras. Well, that should be a rule. The question I would have would be, is Peter Billingsley on that commentary, too? Because that's around the time Christmas Story became in the zeitgeist with the 24-hour and all that. Sure. I feel like that's been a, like, past, almost been a, two decades. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's been that way for a while, but for some reason it just hit, like, the Twitter spear or whatever. You know? Peter Billingsley is too too busy. He's, like, John Favreau's best friend. so mm-hmm. he yeah, He's in up. all the John Favreau movies. Yeah, he he produces a lot of his shit. He used to pre- he produced Dinner for Five when that was on IFC. Really, I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. He was also in Far From Home. I didn't know that. Spider Man. Yeah. He's yeah. He's one of. Oh yes, that's right. It you can always tell by those off. those bright blue eyes. Of his. I'm gonna be honest with you. He's not a bad looking guy. No, no. He's a, he's a handsome man. Yeah. He Good definitely. He, he glowed got, up, as they say. He glowed. That one I do know. <laughs> that that term I do know. So. I, I will agree. Yes, he he cleaned up. <laughs> From what I remember, he's got a yeah, he's yeah an objectively I, handsome guy. I would agree. Yes, good for him. Yeah, I want to talk to him about this movie though. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. <laughs> uh, i'll send him a dm yeah so listen man i know you were a kid and really didn't have much of a say but what were you thinking and i'll ask him just why is this movie so perfect and then you know <laughs> i'll get embarrassed on another uh <laughs> on another interview <laughs> which one of you assholes said that they didn't like this movie that, that would be me yeah that was me yeah and you could have thrown me under the bus oh there you mark Listen, man, you gotta own up to it. It's on. It's 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 in the ether right now. Yeah, that's as our third say, co-host who's not here. We're thinking of cutting him loose. I, <laughs> I I can't throw Mark under the bus when it's clear. I I'm on audio saying this movie fucking sucked. <laughs> I can't do it. I could try. I I feel like that would not be good for the podcast. True. We're nothing if not uh, honorable. Yeah. So she sends him to his room, and at night, as she goes over the bills, Jack sneaks out and cleans up the bike, and we get a montage about him cleaning the bike, <laughs> some song about oh, love. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like a montage to like a romantic comedy in the 80s, yeah. more than a dirt bike kids movie. You would think that, but during this scene, I have mm-hmm. to ask this question, does the bike get an erection? And yes, it does. It sure does. <laughs> It most certainly does, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It's pretty <laughs> creepy. As he's gently washing the mud from the bike, the front flap just slowly 
ever so slowly rises up. Yep. And how could anyone misinterpret that? <laughs> For anything but an erection. For anything but the erection. That is 100% right. This is a kid's movie, goddammit. He's <laughs> getting turned on by a little boy. I mean, we did say that Peter Billingsley is a handsome man, so. <laughs> well, I don't want to say he was a good-looking boy. <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> he was a kid. Dirt they, bike certainly thought so. Yeah, they robbed him of his innocence in this movie. <laughs> Everybody's like, I can fuck this kid right now if I want to. <laughs> and the, no one would believe him. No one would believe Who's him. Who's going to believe you? Right. And the kid understands the bike. Yeah. Right? So the, the bike could have really said whatever it wanted to him. Like, you're mine now, Jack. Who's going to believe you now? Yeah. No, bike. Yeah, he could have locked. He, I think he has like supernatural powers, so the bike could have like locked him in the garage. He's. He, I think it closes the garage door at one point, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, the mom's now listening. You can't leave. <laughs> yeah, now you can't leave. <laughs> yeah, the mom's listening to her headphones, can't hear her son's cry for help, just pleading, banging on the garage door. <laughs> Get me the out of here. Revving. <laughs> God, this is gross. <laughs> Yeah. We should we should try to get a Netflix deal out of this. <laughs> so he gets on the bike and starts playing around on it, and then the bike starts driving around on its own. This is the first kind of official evidence that it's sentient. He goes off speeding and the cop pulls him over, and then the bike takes him and the cop on a high speed chase. They wind up in an alley and the bike dries up a fire escape and then flies off and the cop crashes in the alley. The bike then takes Jack to some sort of park where a biker gang decides that they should hassle a 12-year-old. That biker named Big Slime pulls Jack off the bike and he gets on and takes it up a set of stairs. But eventually the bike tosses Big Slime off and Jack jumps on and they fly away again. And then Jack takes the bike back home and sneaks back into the bed just in time before his mom realizes he was gone. Yeah. All of these events that happen in this movie... You would make sense if you did the St. Elsewhere ending to this, that it was all his imagination. Sure. Because as he recounts it to Bo, it all sounds made up. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. fever dream. Yeah. It's the last things he thinks of as he's sitting in the hospital bed as he's dying <laughs> because he crashed the bike as soon as he got on it. We <laughs> <laughs> and the bike got chased by a biker gang. Sure, Jack. <laughs> That's right, Jack. You sure did, buddy. That's exactly what happened. We saved the hot dog stand. <laughs> His mother's crying in Mike's arms. God, Mike, he turned Mike's, his Mike's the doctor. Two different spots. Mike's the doctor. <laughs> Mike's the doctor, and Mrs. Clavel is the uh, the nurse. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> We just wrote two completely different movies. We definitely, yeah, one that would definitely not get made. <laughs> this one, I the can... doctor movie, right? <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. Not, not the snuff film with the, uh, with the bike. That little salt butter bike. I would, honestly, I would love that twist ending where the kid is like brain dead, and he, he's in a coma and he's just believing it. Or and you were there, and you were there. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Jack. Just, just go ride your bike in heaven, buddy. In the morning, Jack's mom loads the bike into her station wagon with intentions of selling the bike to get her money back. Jack tries to convince her that the bike has special powers, but she's not having any of it, and she drives away to sell the bike. Then Jack and Bo go to their Little League game while the mom sells the bike to a local shop. Max shows off Jack's old BMX bike to him, and he gets pissed off that he doesn't have a bike no more. Meanwhile, the motorbike drives right out of the front of the shop on its own. The absolute worst security of all time in that outside of it, being loud when it needs to turn on and go out we find out later that 
this guy might not know his inventory. Yeah, I, it seemed like the mo- the busiest bike shop in, yeah. in the world. So we meet Mike, Jack's little league coach who runs a hot dog stand slash kids hangout. He's a bit of a sad sack, but more or less a, his heart is in the right place sort of guy. He has a little pep talk with Jack, and then the coach from the other team, Miss Clavel, tries to talk to him about something she found out about at the bank she works at, but he blows her off. Then Mr. Hodgkins shows up. He's the owner of the bank, and then the motorbike shows up out of nowhere. Jack is up at bat, and we know that the other team is evil because they have real uniforms, and Jack is stuck playing in jeans and sneakers. Yep. Then Jack has that moment where... As if his dad came to see him play and suddenly gets a whole bunch of confidence. But it's a bike that came to see him play. So he gets the confidence to hit an almost home run. Yeah. yeah the, so sad. Yeah. The best part about the bike is showing up is that it's this motorbike standing up on its own in the middle of the, the two bleachers and nobody bats an eye. It's like, yeah. why is this motor? Why is this dirt bike here? Yeah. The only person that notices is, is Hodgkins because it farts at him. Yeah. <laughs> It was kind of sad when he's at bat, he has a terrible swing at like a pitch that's at his eyeballs, mm-hmm. and the bike honks at him. He turns to Bo, like, hey, Bo, it's my bike, and goes right back into the bat. <laughs> yep. was so weird. Why would that give you confidence? The bike's back. I'm going to hit a home run for him. <laughs> I'm going to impress the bike. Yeah. <laughs> so Jack hits an almost home run, but he gets tagged out at the plate on a bullshit call and starts a bench-clearing brawl. I didn't know Angel Hernandez uh, umpired Little League. Yeah. He kicks Max right in the shin, too. (laughs) And it just says a haymaker after the ump calls him out. Better than real MLB fights. Yeah. Mike appeals to Miss Clavel, trying to get her to admit that he was safe, but she says she didn't see anything, which, you know, strike one, Miss Clavel. Might be cute with your big old glasses, but that was a bullshit thing to do. Yeah. Come on, man. It's terrible. (laughs) Have some respect. Yeah. And then Jack immediately forgets all about it. And he can go get get on his bike and go to Mike's doghouse. By the way, does he have a Letterman's jacket? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming it's supposed to be his version of a a motorcycle jacket. But he's like a 12-year-old kid on a dirt bike. I'm going to assume that the jacket is his father because it makes no sense. I don't It fits him pretty well. Yeah. Maybe his dad was a little person. Yeah, it's tiptoes too. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like I feel like they didn't do any backstory for yeah. for his parents. Yeah, they just didn't really write it in. Yeah. Yeah, it was just it just made me confused. I was like, because at first I thought it was Max's jacket. Nope. You know, because he gave him all the equipment. Right. You know, and then I saw his last name written on the jacket, and I was like, his jacket? Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't look very good at little league, but apparently he's this great pitcher because it was like. Nobody can touch your fastball, Jack. Yeah. Well, maybe, you know, the 2014 director's commentary uh, addresses that. Yeah, yeah. Let's seek it out. So Mike's doghouse is completely chaos there, as he just lets the kids run completely wild, throwing food all over his restaurant. Miss Clavel shows up, and she comes to him to tell him that the bank is going to take over the land that the doghouse is on in order to build a new branch, because it has been identified by their computers as mathematically the best place for a new branch. And he ignores her, then he storms off. Jack and Bo try to appeal to Miss Clavel outside, and then the motorbike takes off with Jack on it. And Jack's mom shows up at the bank for her interview. Mr. Hodgkins is turning it into his own personal casting couch. Starts coming out to Jack's mom, Janet, while the bike drives Jack right into the bank and interrupts the job interview. 
totally cock-blocking Mr. Hodgkins. Janet tells Jack to bring the bike back to the store. He tells off Mr. Hodgkins, and then the bike runs over a model of the new bank branch, destroying any hopes of his mom getting the job. Jack tries to take back the bike back to the store, but he feels like he can't just leave the bike there. So he makes a deal with Mr. Zack, the store manager, to work off the $50 by doing some deliveries. And then the bike and Jack go ahead and do some deliveries. The one thing here is where I guess he's a kid, but the thing I thought he was going to do would have been the selfless thing, but that's not what this little jerk of a kid would do, is to go, hey, uh, you know, my mom's looking for work. Maybe she could help you out around here. Yeah, that would have made sense, I guess, yeah. right? Yeah. But instead he's like, no, I'll do deliveries for you. Screw my mother. I'll just get <laughs> the dirt a- bike. I'm not making any other money out of it. He's a pretty selfish kid that we know. Yeah. We know yes. of that. Like, realistically, that's what the kid should have done. But staying with his personality, it's just like, no, what's good for me? Mm-hmm. I want the dirt bike. Yeah. So the next day, the mom tries to bring the bike back to Mr. Zack, saying that Jack took the bike back again. But she, Jack explains that he worked off the cost with Mr. Zack, and he apologizes for losing her the job. And she says it's fine because, more or less, she didn't want to fuck Mr. Hodgkins to begin with. So Jack goes to Mr. Hodgkins' house to do things through the system as his mom suggests while mr hodgkins is trying to seduce another applicant mr hodgkins answers the door and the girl tries to leave so mr hodgkins sticks his dog on her and she retreats back into the room where he was trying to fuck her jack tells mr hodgkins that he wants to speak with the board of directors the hodgkins tells him him yes just to blow him off as the girl escapes through the window he's calling her what my sheree or me sheree where he's trying to... And then he he sings to the door. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's he's just a good creep all around. Yeah. Yeah. It's really well done. It's Earl Sinclair himself. Yeah. The voice of Earl Sinclair from Dinosaurs. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. I knew it sounded familiar. Mm Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Thank you for pointing that out. (laughs) That made my night. Yeah. The the most realistic, saddest end to a sitcom ever. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, they they can't all be sunshine and rainbows, man. We're all going to die, and that's okay. <laughs> but we'll, we'll die together, essentially. And, you know, hey, listen, not a terrible way to go out, I guess. Sure. Hey, if the sun explodes, thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> not Galactus. We don't want Galactus, as we stated <laughs> earlier. Or Cthulhu. No. So Jack uses this as evidence to the bike that they should do things the right way, and then calls the bike a big old nerd. So <laughs> the... the... <laughs> yeah, nerd. <laughs> The pot calling the kettle black there. Yeah. <laughs> so the bike gets upset and refuses to start because he just got called a nerd. <laughs> As is his right. I would do the same thing. If you call me a nerd, I'm not going to help you. <laughs> that dirt bike is clearly a jock. <laughs> so then the biker gang shows up out of nowhere, driving all over Mr. Hodgkin's lawn. So Jack has to apologize to the bike in order to get away from the biker gang. The next day, Hodgkin's bank has a board of directors meeting. They're determining the real important things like banning women from the company's softball team. Oh, the 80s. Uh, Miss Clavel comes in to tell him that Jack is here and he tells her to blow him off. Then Jack, Mike, and Miss Clavel have a talk outside and Jack decides that the only way to get things done is to be a rebel. So he hands his glasses to Miss Clavel, <laughs> puts on his helmet, and takes his glasses and puts them back on. And he storms back in with the bike and right into the board of directors meeting. And then once again, he drives it right up onto a table and crushes the model once again. 
And then Hodgkins is basically about to punch Jack right in the face, but there's press there, so he decides to quote-unquote hear him out. And then behind closed doors, Hodgkins appeases Jack and says that the bank will try to find an alternate site for the new branch rather than destroys Mike's restaurant. They're basically going to exhaust all other options before they destroy Mike's restaurant, essentially. So Mike and Jack go to Mike's doghouse to celebrate with a bunch of kids and the bike, and Jack makes a speech about... This is the greatest day of his life, and he couldn't have done it without Bo, which Bo wasn't even there. <laughs> Just thanking everybody, his mom, Max, for giving him the bike. Max is there, and he's pissed off because he's trying to nail these two hoes, and they're they're not having any of it, I assume. He does the exact opposite of what he should do, though. Yeah. He's like, I know that kid. He's a jerk. No, yeah. you idiot. He, this kid's the hero now. You say, I know that kid. He's my buddy. Yeah. This kid's exactly. not going to get no. He is. He needs help. Yeah, he needs he needs advice from Bo, because but that's what Bo would do. Right. Yeah, and Bo and shame on Bo for not taking advantage of that situation. Exactly. Yeah. They they Cause... they went to the wrong person. They cut to the wrong person. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. No, that actually absolutely it should have been Bo in that seat. Yeah. So that's my buddy. And then he says, I couldn't have done without Bo. And he's like, yeah. And then he's and he, getting handy by two girls on the table. <laughs> he puts his arms around. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's yeah. This movie fucked up. <laughs> you fucked up movie <laughs> so the next day the bank forecloses on mike's doghouse and they demolish their plan to demolish it by noon the next day mr hodgkins says the computer did a search and this was the most ideal spot for the bank and uh he says that it couldn't have been a mistake because he programmed the computer himself and he doesn't make mistakes so jack and the bike retaliate by absconding with a trailer from the construction site and drive it straight into oncoming traffic nearly killing a driver and a motorcycle cop <laughs> Committing a murder. Manslaughter. <laughs> Jack and the cop then go on another high-speed chase on the highway. They nearly both run over a jogger. Eventually, Jack goes flying off a ramp and flies away with the bike. Then Jack then flies the bike downtown, set to a suspiciously E.T.-like score, and then flies the bike home. The cops and Hodgkins show up at Jack's house, and they arrest a, bu- a dirt bike in one of the fastest ordered warrants in the U.S. legal system history. <laughs> and a dirt bike. Yep, they literally handcuff the bike and take it away and set a $100 bail. Yeah, the bike even gets its own jail cell. This is my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> it would have been better if they read the Miranda rights to it. You have the right to remain silent. Anything yeah. you say will... That would have been great if they went the whole the whole nine yards with it. That's a good question. Is Does a sentient dirt bike have Miranda rights? Uh, yeah, I think anything that's... At it's the, technically at that point, not a U.S. citizen, right? We don't know. Where, where was it made? I don't know. Maybe but it I was mean, made in America. Does it have a social security card? Mm, I don't. I don't. I would doubt it. <laughs> but it has a soul. We'd right? have to take so this we, up with the uh, the creepy old man. Right. Yeah. Which which kid is put into the bike at that point? <laughs> yeah. It's was, whoever had had the the bike last, right? Right. That's the that's the movie that it should this should be. Yeah. That would be the horror movie version of this, or, you know, the, but I just thought of something. What if the magic and the consciousness inside the bike is the old man? Ooh. And he just, and to make it even more creepy, he does that because he just likes young boys sitting on him. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> it really makes that whole scene in the garage oh, that we made up just that much creepier. That's probably exactly what it is. That's he, a giant it, movie it was the produced. old man that got the erection while he was, was getting clean. <laughs> Jesus. It, it was just, it was just a giant production Produced by Nambla. And... Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Funded by the North American Manboy Love Association. They got, they tricked us. 
<laughs> oh man, that's uh, that's pretty dark. To be honest with you, I, I don't think I'd watch that movie. I'm I'm going to take a hard stance on that. <laughs> Wouldn't watch it. Would not not watch a movie sponsored by Nambla. Got it. That's, yeah. yeah, that's the that's my hot take for 2020. <laughs> you know, you, we know where your line is. Got it. Yeah, yeah. that's so one thing you could say about Dan Aquino. <laughs> you call him an asshole, but you could say he won't watch a movie produced by Nambla. <laughs> so Jack is in bed crying over his incarcerated bike while his mom has a late quote unquote late job interview. I'm assuming she's trying to become a stripper. It's <laughs> <laughs> a strong assumption. I mean, what? Who? Who goes to a late job interview? Someone who's desperate for money, I guess. <laughs> Someone whose kid took their last fifty and blew it on a bike. Right. So, someone trying to be a stripper. She could do it. Yeah. She's an attractive mom. Yeah, absolutely. And she she has that on the resume, right? People want mothers, or maybe that's just like a now kind of thing yeah it's niche i think yeah yeah maybe it's more of a this this generation's yeah. kink yeah I, I don't know i i wasn't old enough in the 80s <laughs> to, to know yeah we're we're milfs a thing in 1985 who knows yeah yeah well and we'll never find out nope oh we could i'm sure we could right <laughs> that's a huge waste of the delorean by the way <laughs> oh yeah it looks it looks like it I guess milfs were always a thing. Thanks, Doc. <laughs> it's, this thing only has three uses. Are you sure this is one of them? <laughs> yeah, I'll blow, yeah, blow some uranium on that. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't be friends with you. <laughs> it's for science, Doc. We need to know. Well, I mean, that is sort of the plot of Back to the Future. <laughs> That's, yeah, it is. <laughs> right? We, but it's not to find out if it just it just happens by coincidence that <laughs> right. Marty has a MILF. Yep. So Jack gets a phone call and he heads down to the police station. Turns out that Miss Clavel has paid the bail on the bike. I can't believe I wrote that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Mike then works up the courage to ask Miss Clavel to a cup of coffee. On the way home, the bike detours to Mike's doghouse. It runs itself into a bulldozer, which then knocks down the construction fence. And then Jack has the get out of here, you dumb dog moment with the bike as it drives away. Uh, I don't want you anymore. Get out of here. <laughs> Go on, get. Can't you see I don't want you anymore? At home, he starts ripping up his motocross magazines as his mom gets home. He says he hates the bike, which his mom is perplexed by. And then Mr. Hodgkins gets called down to Mike's doghouse to look over the damage and orders the chief of police to confiscate the bike as the bike watches on from a nearby tree. <laughs> then the bike, because it has telekinetic powers, sends messages to Jack via the computer in his room, presumably to tell him that to hack into the Hodgkins bank computer. Yeah, I can't this, believe I wrote that sentence. This, <laughs> this might be my favorite bike moment of the movie. <laughs> The hacking of his of uh, Jack's computer. And just giving him like subliminal Cold War error messages <laughs> on what to do. Hodgkins Bank, computer lines. Hodgkins Bank, computer lines. <laughs> and then he picks up, uh, just happened to be sitting there, the newest issue of Personal Computer. Well, hey, he got an A in computer science. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, we had to make sure they put that line in there. Yeah. We know Bo got a D, and he did the most damage. So That's why he only gave himself 11 cents. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack and Bo sneak into the school as the cops do a manhunt for Jack and the bike. Ms. Clavel and Mike have a conversation over coffee as she hypes up Mike to not give up. We find out her name is Maisie. At the school, 
Jack manages to hack into the bank's computers. Meanwhile, Hodgkins is apparently combing the streets in his limo, trying to find them. He apparently has also hired Max to help find them, who has also tapped the motorcycle gang to help him. This is where he basically gives big slime carte blanche to do whatever <laughs> feels necessary to Jack. Make him, make him disappear. <laughs> Back at the school, Jack is literally typing random words into the password and eventually comes across the right one, which is Scrooge. Could have been there all night. And apparently they don't lock you out after five attempts. I was going to say, this is the perfect time where you could just have unlimited uh, yeah. guesses, essentially. <laughs> there was no security. Uh, so doing some digging, Jack realizes that there was another location that was viable for the new branch, but doesn't understand why Hodgkins is set on Mike's doghouse. Bo then does some digging into bank accounts. He gives himself 11 cents to give him a total of 50 cents. And then the local widow, he gives her $1 million. The cops find the bike and then immediately lose it. They search Hodgkins. Uh, the kids search Hodgkins' bank account and then realize that Hodgkins is double dick, dipping. Double and dipping. dicking. Double dicking. No, he's double dipping. He owns the land Mike's doghouse is on, so he's basically using the bank to buy the land from himself. As he's about to head out to the groundbreaking ceremony the next morning, Hodgkins sees the widow trying to take out the million dollars. He tells Miss Clavel to handle it, and she decides to quit right then and there. As Mike and Bo leave the school, the biker gang finds Jack, and Big Slime says to him, I've been looking forward to jumping up and down on your face. And then Big Slime threatens to set Jack on fire. To reiterate, he's like 12. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, again, we have a movie where they're happily trying to murder a child. Mm-hmm. Like gleefully trying to murder this kid. Oh yeah, it's well, gonna make well, big slimes like year if he gets to murder his child. Well, Dan, you you can't spell manslaughter without laughter, so that's what. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just weird, man. Like obviously, yes, motorcycle gangs were people that you don't mess with. They were a mean group of people. I seriously doubt murdering a twelve-year-old was on their to-do list at any point. <laughs> so th- this isn't the cartel. So, so questions for you guys. Do you think they sent an invitation to audition to Captain Lou Albano for Big Slime? <laughs> it is very similar. <laughs> I was reading up on that guy. That guy's dead. Big Slime. Oh, yeah. is he? Yeah, I think he died in like 96. Mm. But then, yeah, just in time, the bike shows up and Jack gets away and a chase ensues again. The groundbreaking ceremony, there's a brief scene to set up that the bulldozer will be wired to remote so Hodgkins can push the button that starts the bulldozer himself. The bikers chase Jack around, eventually driving over a pier into a lake, allowing Jack to get away. And then Hodgkins speaks at the ceremony. Mike and Maisie show up with a bunch of kids protesting the destruction of the doghouse. The police chief apparently is pro-freedom of speech, which is refreshing. And then a food fight ensues. (laughs) Hodgkins starts the bulldozer while Miss Clavel and Mike stand in its way. And then Jack shows up with a dirt bike and they take on the bulldozer. The The dirt bike starts pushing the bulldozer as Jack takes on Hodgkins. Hodgkins pushes Jack to the ground, so his mom throws a pie in Hodgkins' face, and the bike is able to turn the bulldozer around and winds up running over Hodgkins' limo. Then the bike and Jack take Hodgkins on a, on a wild ride, and another car chase ensues. Jack takes Hodgkins on, the joy, on a joyride on the back of the, the dirt bike and basically threatens him with bodily harm in order to save Mike's doghouse. He takes him on a motocross track until he agrees and also blackmails him because he found out about the, the double dipping. Eventually, he agrees and the bike stops, but not before the bike ejects Mr. Hodgkins in a big old mud puddle. 
With his job done, the bike then decides it's time to stop being sentient, and he goes away. Who knows where? <laughs> Can I be honest? Mm-hmm. Mike's doghouse was a shithole. <laughs> it's not worth saving. Can we be? Can, like, can we just say that? I don't know. If I was like twelve, I thought it would be kind of a cool place to hang out. Yeah, oh, man, it's a. If mess. there wasn't an arcade, I mean, yeah, Mike really needs to clean it up because he's just letting kids throw food around all the place. Right. It's a mess. He's creepy looking. He gives like a weird speech at the beginning, and he doesn't come off as like a guy that should be around children, really. <laughs> and it's just the the mascot is terrible. The giant hot dog. The giant dog, really. Yeah. It looks fucking terrible. <laughs> this place does not deserve to be saved. He failed. Actually, no, he didn't fail. No. Right? Yeah, he's he getting kicked him. out. Yeah. yeah, so I, I take that back. But still. He was a he was a business owner, Dan. I don't care. It's, a, it's terrible. The prices were outrageous, too, for back then. Ice cream for 40 cents? Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. He's got he's to gotta make it somewhere. Yeah. They, they throw all the food on the floor, so... <laughs> What He's got he so much this? overhead, man. <laughs> that's why that's why he has to uh, have such outrageous prices, because he has to hire a cleaning crew every night. <laughs> Kids, uh, if you stop throwing the food around, the ice cream will be 20 cents. <laughs> you guys are killing me here. I have to make the, the, the janitor work overtime. Uh, so we fast forward a few months, and there's a grand reopening to Mike's doghouse. And Miss Clavel is now pregnant. That I laughed out loud when she turned around with that shirt. <laughs> what was it's it, little Mike? Mike's with an arrow pointing at the Mike's. stomach. <laughs> Just in case you didn't get it. Yeah, we're not sure how much the fat suit's going to play, so we got to let you know she's pregnant if it doesn't show up well on camera. Mike's getting it in. It's Man, t- talk about out kicking your coverage, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was. I feel bad for Miss Clavel. Well, she liked Mike for some reason. The guy's a loser. <laughs> he totally is. <laughs> the guy's an absolute loser. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I'm sorry. I think that was a little harsh, but <laughs> tell me that guy doesn't exemplify being a loser. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> right. He he loses the big ball game. He loses his business. He has a defeatist attitude. He's he really losing does. his hair. He's not very good at centipede or whatever his point. Right. Oh, Galaga. Galaga. Yeah. He, he lo- yeah. He has no moves in Galaga. <laughs> He's overweight. <laughs> He's just, he's a fucking mess. <laughs> he, <laughs> he exemplifies his restaurant. Right? He's the mirror image of what of uh, Mike's hot dog stand is. Yeah. His profits must be razor thin, too. <laughs> well, he, and also, at the end of the movie, it's a bunch of bullshit. Because he opens the new restaurant in front of Hodgkin's bank, which is awful. No one's going to go there first. And get, you know what I'm saying? Like, no one goes to a hot dog stand and then goes to the bank. I saw it as a comp. What, was it a brand new, like, I thought it was just a grand reopening of Mike's hot dog stand. And they didn't move it. They just kind of updated it and they built the bank around it. Yeah. I think that's what happened. But what sense does that make? I guess it was a compromise. It's like, so hey. That, yeah, this- so that Jack doesn't reveal the real estate fraud that Hodgkins is committing. Yeah. Like, you can have your bank, but... You're not going to have this stupid fucking statue of yourself. You're going to have a hot dog stand oh, instead. But doesn't doesn't he still get the money regardless? Yeah. Hodgkins? Yeah, but I mean, Mike Mike isn't trying to begrudge him his money. He just doesn't want to lose his own business. But it's, it's weird because essentially the bad guy 
doesn't lose anything here. He gets what he. I mean, his he's kind of humiliated because he has to wear that hot dog costume. That's true, but at the end of the day, he he just made like no pun intended bank. Right. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, he was gonna build the bank regardless as long as Jack kept his mouth shut about his double dealings. So we have so this movie is the message of the movie is blackmail is okay as long as you're a 12 year old with a sentient dirt bike. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, what 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 jury in the world is gonna convict a 12 year old? I guess of blackmail. Yeah, they net so they never explicitly also solve the whole mom doesn't have a job thing. Does she work for uh for Mike? I I don't know. She like gets so. Isn't, I got the impression that for some reason she's an interior designer. I don't know. Because they, oh, you know, like I think Mike you're right. Her inside and goes, you know, let me show you your work, you know. Right. And she's talking about how she's gotten like so many clients. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so they yeah. do solve that. I missed that. Yeah. All right. Which was uh, weird to me because, to be honest, it's just the editing was really poor here. Is that he goes, oh, let's go inside and see, you know, your work you made, and then the first thing you see is. You know, Maisie turns around pregnant. <laughs> she, banged, she banged Maisie. <laughs> Janet somehow impregnated Maisie. Yeah. Great work. <laughs> like, and that's the, the first thing you see when you go in there. And since they had to hire Jack's mom, all the food prices went up 20 cents. Yeah. So, good job, guys. Yeah, really... Jack needs another dirt bike. <laughs> oh, and that's the other thing. that This kind of pissed me off. At the end, a new kid shows up and, like, is basically like touching Jack's bike. <laughs> get, get the hell away from my bike, kid. Who says you can touch my shit? Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. So Mr. Hodgkins shows up in a hot dog costume to cut the ribbon. Big Slime is now working as security for Mr. Hodgkins. And it turns out they, as we mentioned, Jack made a compromise. The bank was built around Mike's doghouse. Creepy old man from the beginning shows up again, tells a ginger kid that the motorbike is special. And then the ginger, ginger kid, kid. Thanks ginger for throwing kid. that in there. <laughs> <laughs> Jinderkin takes it upon himself to hop on the bike and the bike wakes up, wakes back up and starts driving around hassling Hodgkins again. And then we get a freeze frame ending as Jack and the ginger kid on the bike high five each other. And that's this, the end of the dirt bike kid. This movie does not deserve a freeze frame ending. Uh, I think you're I think you're incorrect. I agree with Mark on that. No, nope. this, this movie didn't earn it. Yep. No. Well, now listen, man. <laughs> Both- both bad guys come out squeaky clean in this. Yep. Big Slime gets a fucking job out of it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He wanted to murder a preteen. You know, man. Sometimes, sometimes things end not the way you hope. But everybody wins in the end of this movie. Listen, that's not what the movies are for, man. Everybody gets what they want at the end of this movie, that's except for bullshit. maybe Max. <laughs> Who knows what? Yeah, he loses a bike. <laughs> and the girls. Yep. Right. Yeah. I mean, he essentially he just gets the hot dog stand. <laughs> I get to hang out at the hot dog stand in dirty floors. Congratulations. <laughs> everyone. Yeah. Everyone else comes out on top. Mike gets a baby and a smoking hot wife. Yep. The mother gets a job. Uh, Hodgkins becomes rich. Big Slime gets a job. Mm-hmm. And Mike just gets the fucking the, the hot dog stand. Yep. Oh, I Max. come here after getting shelled at my so- at my uh, little league game. <laughs> Drown his sorrows and some milkshakes. Yeah, overpriced milkshakes. <laughs> Eighty cents, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time you'll uh, you'll locate the fastball a little bit better, Jack. <laughs> Hit the corners, goddammit. it. <laughs> 
So is there anything you guys would do to make this movie better? Ah, I liked our movie idea that the bike <laughs> is a sentient, I guess, murderer? The soul of children? Yeah, yeah. It's I like that idea. The, the more you ride the bike, the more it steals your soul until you're trapped within it. <laughs> Sounds like an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Mm, that's not bad. That's not bad. I get rid of the flying aspect because that means nothing. Mm. I, I also have Hodgkin's not getting what he wanted because he's a uh, you know he's a creep and he's committing <laughs> a fraud. <laughs> so I don't think he deserves to get a happy ending. We later find out in the director's cut he becomes president. I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean you you get rid of a good amount and this movie is is a lot more palatable i'd say okay and for god's sakes give jack some fucking contacts please <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah back, back then it would have been the the hard contacts and i don't think that character should be trusted with those type of contacts <laughs> i guess he was too young for those <laughs> no like we went through most of the stuff i would i would change but the uh one thing you, you know you were just saying with the the dirt bike itself, I would just change it to not like the souls of kids, but maybe it's with my theory of maybe it's the souls of all the people Hodgkins has screwed over <laughs> in his time as a banker. That um, works as well, too. Yeah. But I also like, uh, this is more of a commentary, the fact that they chose the ending, the typical 80s villain ending usually goes one of two ways. Either something embarrassing happens to them at the end, which is the hot dog stand thing here. Or they have that moment where the cops are taking him away and he faces consequences for the first time. Mm -hmm. But he's still yelling, like, yeah, you know, very over-the-top villain stuff. You haven't seen the last of me! Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> I might go with that ending, maybe. That, it was you the know. bike, I tell you, the bike! It was the yeah. bike. <laughs> yeah, where they, ha where they take him away, or well, that could be partially a third thing, where they take him away to an insane asylum um, instead of jail. But, um, yeah, that's probably the only thing I would change outside of you know, it's just some kind of one line can be really dumb about the dirt bike is just not have um, Hodgkins win, as Dan says, in the end, have him, you know, be seen as crazy and maybe lose the bank and Miss Clavel takes over or something like that. OK, I wouldn't change the thing. I mean, it's not perfect, but I had a good time with this movie. I got to be honest. Yeah. So I'm not going to change the thing. I thought we we made some pretty creepy dark movies, which yeah. I would all I would love to see all of them. But for this movie, you could stay stay intact. I'm good with it. Uh, you guys want to plug your shit and we can get out of here. Yeah, sure. Uh, at the Aquino 122 on Twitter, come check me out. I am actually don't check me out. I don't have anything interesting. What you should check out is our real play D and D Twitter at Stranger Damies, which has interesting things we recap uh our latest episodes we have other great friends that we follow who are also D, &D related just a bunch of cool shit on there we're over a thousand followers right now we hit our nice. milestone yes i agree i echo that uh sentiment mark it is nice um i i, I love the progress we're making just uh, jump on now, man, because we're going places. And you could be one of the people. Like, I knew them before they became big. And, yeah, I mean, that's really all I, you can say because we're not probably not going to give you anything at that point. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but just follow us and uh, hang out with us and talk with us and uh, just be our friend. Yeah. Yep. And then the, uh, the podcast itself, Stranger Damies, airs every Wednesday, so the day before this comes out. 
Check us out, Stranger Damies, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Then our gaming podcast, the Game Vault Podcast, um, airs every other Monday. We uh, So just keep a lookout for that. The easiest spot to, because it's not on a weekly schedule like these two podcasts are, Stranger Damies and you know, the one you're listening to right now, is to just follow us at Game Vault Pod on Twitter or the Instagram, Game Vault Pod, to make sure that you're up to date on the podcast itself. We stream probably close to three to four nights a week, sometimes five, depending on whether it's a podcast week or not. So go over to Game Vault Pod on Twitch. We just became an affiliate, so you can subscribe to us now. So go ahead and do that. You can use your Twitch Prime subscription to do it without costing you any extra money, but you do get to help support us as we are a small, young streaming. We do Call of Duty Warzone on Wednesdays or mainly multiplayer shooters that we might cycle off every so often. Thursday is usually going to be, right now I'm playing Trails in the Sky. That's usually going to be an RPG night, if you like that stuff. Friday or Saturday, depending on the week, is our horror game, Dead by Daylight, Gen Host. And then Sundays can be Strategy Sundays or Grab Bag Sundays. Dan is usually in charge of you know, choosing the game for that. Um, that's more of our chill, relax, end of the week, just come hang out, stream. And then every other Monday, when the podcast airs, we do our Retro Roulette game. Okay. And yeah, this has been They Call This a Movie. We're at theycallthisamovie.podbean.com and wherever you get your podcasts at They Call This a Movie. Just search for They Call This a Movie and we'll pop right up. The main website is themaindamie.com and we are on all social media at The Main Damies. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just search for The Main Damie and we'll pop right up. So not all social. We're not on TikTok or snapchat we're not zoomers we're also proud member of geek vibes nation you can find them at gvnation.com on podcast streaming apps and on social just look for geek vibes nation bunch of great shows on there besides tia show besides our show bunch of great shows something for everyone i think they just started uh, gutting the sacred cow is now on there a bunch of scene and nerd and a bunch of other awesome shows but very varied in terms of their content and they're a bunch of great people. So it's geek vibes nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on our Gmail, the main at gmail.com and suggest some movies for us or just tell us how great we are. If you have the time, if you want, if you go to iTunes, please rate us five stars and give us a review. It really helps us out a great deal with, the algorithm and we can greatly appreciate that i am at ant delvec you can reach me at that on twitter and that's gonna wrap it up this week so the director of the dirt bike kid is hoyt c caston so for dan aquino and mark myers this is anthony delvecchio telling hoyt c caston well you certainly made a movie didn't you 